When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Social Security is one of the most complex and confusing federal programs. With over 2,700 rules, it's no wonder that we're confused about when and how to start collecting and who to turn to for help. Welcome to Social Security Answers from the Experts, hosted by Martha Shedden. In this podcast series, Martha meets with professionals to provide you with the answers to questions about this most important financial decision. And now, here's your host, President and co-founder of the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts, Martha Shedden. Hello, everyone. I'm Martha Shedden, and today I have with me Larry Kotlikoff, who's a professor of economics at Boston University and owner of the company Economic Security Planning that produces Maximize My Social Security and another retirement planning tool, Maxify. Um, welcome, Larry. Great to be with you, Martha. Um, you have such an extensive background in economics, teaching, writing, software development. Can you tell us how you came to be so interested in the topic of social security specifically? Well, when I was in grad school, I uh, wrote my thesis uh, on issues of personal uh, finance, particularly Social Security and, and also how Social Security was affecting uh, the long-run economy in terms of the macro saving rate, the nation saving rate. A lot of people were arguing, including my thesis director, Martin Feldstein, that uh, if you expand Social Security, you take taxes from young people, give them to old people, and in the form of benefits, young people won't be able to save as much. The entire nation will save less. So there was that big macro question, but then there's also the personal question, is this changing people's behavior at the personal, you know, do they treat um, the social security taxes as a form of saving through the government? Do they re recognize or do they foresee these benefits are those, um, is the whole thing kind of one for one if you have a dollar of social security savings, uh, is it, uh, or benefits coming in? appropriately scaled, is that uh, reducing your own saving by a dollar? So there was tests of that, things, the adequacy, adequacy of saving in general, are people saving enough, adequacy of life insurance because Social Security is providing life insurance. So these are kinds of some of the questions that got me interested. And then uh, as I started developing software for doing the research, I realized that we could start providing advice to people. And then I set up a company uh, and that led to having to learn really all the details of Social Security. And that led me ultimately to write a co-authored book called Get What's Yours uh, with uh, Paul Solomon, who's an economics correspondent for PBS NewsHour, and Phil Muller, who's a longtime uh, personal finance columnist. And we wrote this book and it became a New York Times bestseller. You can you know, it was surprising that a book on Social Security was number one bestseller 
on the New York Times list for 11 days. And for, I think it was like 10 months, it was in the top 10. So, you know, get what's yours. And people realize that there was a whole lot of money there if you played your played your hand right. Right. Well, and I know from reading the book, too, that you interjected a, a unique sense of humor into it. And I think that really apl- appealed to a lot of people. Um, so what, as a writer, what are some of the most common questions that you're asked by your readers? I know you have a blog and Ask Larry column. Um, what are the most common questions you get? Well, um, I get, you know, I get questions about, you know, how do I cover so many things? And, and uh, one answer with there is that, is that uh, the research on the macro and the micro kind of gels through time. You start seeing the commonality of these questions, even, and the techniques for solving the problems on a computer uh, are quite similar. So, and then, of course, I get lots of a ton of specific questions. Should I, what should I do? Mm-hmm. I'm uh, 62, and I can take my widow's benefit or my uh, retirement benefit. What should I take first? When exactly should I switch from one to the other? Kind of questions like that. And then, uh, so they're always coming up. And of course, many of these questions can only be answered by uh, software because. You know our our social security tool and our and our uh, full lifetime financial planning tool, they can run through literally hundreds of thousands of cases to figure out what's the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's that complicated. Yeah, uh, I know firsthand that I've had. I, we talked about this. I I had a case with a couple and an adult disabled child, and the software took quite a while to calculate, and then it said. 450,000 different claiming strategies, which was the highest I've seen. I know you saw a higher one yourself. Yeah, there's all the, you know, because there's all these different uh, benefits. There's 11 benefits that our our tool handles. There's 13 altogether. So we don't handle parent benefits, benefits for a dependent parent if you die, uh, or um, the death benefit, like the $250 you can collect if somebody Guys, but apart from that, we handle all the other ones in great detail and all the detail. And then, so it's a combination of, you know, should I take this benefit at this point or my spouse? And then there's the family benefit maximum, which uh-huh. becomes the combined family benefit maximum. If you've got two, two spouses, so it depends on the number of kids. You're, maybe there's a, a younger spouse and an older spouse uh, that are involved here and a disabled child. So lots of decisions uh through time, a child might be collecting supplemental security income, which will be lost as they collect uh, dependent child, um, disabled uh, child benefits. So lots of interconnected. Lots, uh, lots and lots. The main thing is not to ignore them because we've really gone after them because we realize that in general, this may not be a value to um uh, to households, but for this particular household, uh, this one in a, in a million household, we want to make sure they get the right answer. We yeah. want to make sure they don't do the wrong thing and then realize that they've lost their supplemental security income or the child's own disability benefit that they got on their own and end up with nothing extra. Meanwhile, the, the parent took the retirement benefit early in order to make that child benefit happen. And it's of no real value. So that's the kind right. of thing we, right. we sweat because we worry at night that we're giving 
We make sure we, uh, we obsess on making sure we get the right answer. Yes. And I can, I can attest to that. (laughs) So your company develops a number of different financial planning software. And I know your mission is preserving and raising families living standards the financial complexities involved in this type of planning are so overwhelming. Can you tell us in a layperson's term how your software accomplishes this? Well, I'll talk to you about the, um, uh, and I think, by the way, that uh, even though things are very complicated in certain cases, you really do to really get a 100% handle, you want to run the software. In general, you can learn a lot of things from from uh, like our social security book. And I have a new book coming out called Money Magic coming out in in the uh, in January with uh, Little Brown, which uh, goes through uh, all the whole gamut of, of uh, personal financial decisions. But uh, in terms of the way the software, our, our financial planning software works is you have to get uh, three things straight. You have to understand what, um, we're focused on the economics approach to financial planning, which is trying to achieve a smooth living standard for people through time per household member. Uh, so we're not saying, you know, tell us your target for spending, have a little, say a middle-class couple. And I, if I ask them what their target is going to be for how much they want to spend in retirement, they might tell me a billion dollars a day. So it's not of any use to have a target for it. Let people set a target that has no connection to reality. That's not affordable. What we want to do is figure out for people uh, what is spendable and sustainable. In other words, what's their sustainable spending so that they don't end up starving in old age or uh, starving now to splurge when they're 90 and they may not make it to 90. So a smooth ride, consumption smoothing, that's the economic principle. And to make that happen under the hood in terms of the software, you have to deal with the fact that there's some interconnected problems here, chicken and egg problems. You can't figure out how much somebody can smoothly spend until you handle, um, figure out their taxes, what they're going to be paying in taxes and also getting in benefits through time because that impacts what they can afford to spend. But then what their spending path is, uh, is affecting their asset accumulation and their asset income, and that affects their taxes. So the taxes impact the spending, the spending impacts the taxes. And then you also have life insurance, how much life insurance you need for somebody depends on how much spending you need to insure, what living standard needs to be insured. But but that living standard that's affordable depends on what life insurance premium you're paying. So you have these three, these uh, interconnected um, chickens and eggs. And then you also have to deal with uh, cash flow constraints. The fact that people may have more income coming in in old age. Uh, for example, you might have somebody take social security, uh, sorry, takes retirement early 62, but it wants to wait till 70 to take their social security. They've got that eight year gap uh-huh. and uh, their living standard, unless they come fill it in by taking retirement account money early or some other mechanism, uh, they're going to have to have a lower living standard and then it will jump up once they get out from under that cash flow because they can't borrow against that future. They're constrained not to borrow against that future social security benefit. They can't do it in the marketplace. So you have to use a special technique called dynamic programming to solve that kind of a problem. And uh, this is something we do in, in economics. So, but uh, our software, maxify.com, M-A-X-I-F-I.com program has three dynamic programs that are talking to each other 
iteratively to solve these chicken and egg problems, but also solve the the issue of uh, cash flow constraints. And we actually got a patent for the technique. So it's not an everyday mathematical technique. We had to develop it from scratch and getting a patent for a, a software methodology is um, not easy. So, uh, to, I mean, it's not an everyday thing. Uh, dynamic programming is used in, in, in uh, guiding a, a spaceship to the moon. It's so we're actually literally using rocket science under the hood. It was developed by a guy named Blackwell in the 50s, a, a brilliant uh, a black, uh, I think he was an engineer, uh, and he developed this mathematical mathematician, I guess he was. And it's used a lot uh, and used a lot in economics, but but uh, to do this is uh, another step ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's certainly powerful, that's for sure. Um, and I know how much you understand Swiss security now with having designed the software to figure it out and answer everyone's questions. So if you had the power to extend the Social Security program for the indefinite future, what changes would you make? Well, to tell you the truth, I would um, reform it to make it a modernized version of Social Security. We have um, a system that right now is $53 trillion in the red, according to the trustees report. If you look at this table of the long-term, what's called the infinite horizon liability, which says, okay, the, you know, we're going to plan for all the benefits into the future. We're not going to assume the world is going to end in 25 years or 50 years or 75 years. But look at, in the Social Security uh, Trustees Report, look at over the indefinite future, but also take into account all the tax revenue that's coming in and also the value of the trust fund and just do a calculation can this program uh, in cover in present value, uh, the value in the present, all its benefit obligations from all its uh, resources? The answer is it's short 53 trillion. That's like two and a half years of GDP. That's right there in the trustees report in table 6F1, that's Roman 6F1. And the trustees, all of whom are basically politi- appointed by politicians, are hiding the fact of the of this uh, of Social Security's insolvency by pushing that report way into the back of the appendix. And through the years, they've kept pushing it further and further back. And the trustees don't even mention that they're, the system is entirely broke. Two and a half years of GDP, that's uh, basically two and a half times our national debt. We have this hidden debt uh, that's just kept off the books because of the way they do the, and the labeling, the bookkeeping. So I think we need to recognize that um, this can't go on. And what I would do is if I were, you know, a dictator for a day, I would reform the system to pay off all the benefits that have been accrued under the old system. And by that, I would just add zeros in people's earnings records. So they would get when they hit retirement age, all their benefits uh, based on the current benefit formula under the old system. But then I would have people contribute 10% to, um, a individual personalized account. And uh, that would be split 50-50 between spouses and legal partners. And the government would make matching contributions on behalf of the poor and the disabled and the unemployed. So we have a progressive contributions going into the system, progressive-based contributions. And each spouse would have an equal size account. So if I'm the only one working and my wife's not working, maybe watching the kids or whatever, or vice versa, 
anything I put in, anything she puts in gets divided 50-50 goes half into each of our accounts, plus any matching contributions. And now we're being treated symmetrically. And then all this money, no matter with my account, your account, her account, it's all collectively invested in a global index fund, not by anybody on Wall Street, no fees involved. It's all invested by a computer in the major financial markets of the world, all the stocks and bonds and the major uh, uh, companies and governments around the world. And uh, it's all done by computer. And then at retire at uh, age 57, the account balances that I and other people in my age co birth cohort would be gradually sold off over 10 years and invested in inflation index bonds. And those proceeds from those inflation index uh, US government bonds would be used to pay annuities to, to me and other people in my birth cohort in proportion to our account balance that we had converted. So now we're getting inflation protected benefits. And then as our cohort um, continues to live longer, uh, let's say uh, if it starts living longer than expected, the benefit is adjusted downward. If it lives shorter, it's adjusted upward on a formula basis huh. so that, um, we're not leaving any burden to our kids. Right now, we have a massive burden we're piling in the laps of our kids, not just from Social Security, from all these other programs that are underfunded and from the official debt. But that would uh, force young people and everybody else who's working to contribute 10% of the pay. It wouldn't be easy because they still have to pay the old payroll tax until we pay off the old liability from the old system, but it would reduce the line that 53 liability trillion dollar liability because we wouldn't be paying the projected benefits, but the accrued benefits. That's a long winded response, but you asked for me a specific question. I want to make sure you get a real answer from a real economist and a real fix, a real solution. Yeah. And, you know, if, uh, if you'll recall, I ran for president of the United States back <laughs> in 2016 against Trump and Clinton as a writing candidate, but I was a registered writing candidate. And I did that primarily to write a, put together a platform of what economics says we should do, talk to all kinds of economists. And I wrote down kind of reform proposals for every program, taxes, social security, banking, uh -huh. education, um, healthcare reform. And there's a book on my website at kotlikoff.net. It's called, you're hired, not you're fired, but you're hired because it's about how to restore the economy and, and preserve the and save the economy from in large part from the government uh, screwing it up so badly through time and, and in debt uh, yeah. and we're threatening our kids uh, sort of future economy. So uh, anyway, that's uh, at Kotlikoff.net. It's uh, you're hired. It's a free download. Huh. Uh, anybody wants to see what I think about other policies um, right there. Great. Yeah, yeah. that's, definitely have not heard that solution to the social security problem before. If you think um, about it, Martha, it's a, just, a, it's, everybody has their own account. It's, we, we don't have any of the sexism in the current system that we have, which is just terrible. Yeah. You have to be married 10 years in order to have any claim when you're working, you're supporting your spouse's career. You're taking care of the kids. Yeah. You get you get divorced uh, a day too soon, and you have no claim to any social security benefits. Right. Period. Uh, based on that person's record, even though you helped that person pr produce that record, so that's why 
sharing the contributions is so important. And we have all kinds of other sexist provisions. I, I think I wrote a column about 20 different sexist provisions in Social Security that would go away. We'd have a fully funded system at the margin, uh, be an individual account system, but Wall Street would earn nothing. It would all be done, all the investment would be done at no cost by a computer because we don't need Wall Street to pick and choose because mostly they choose losers. 75% of these uh, investment managers are underperforming the market. So uh, the computer can do better on average and they're, they're charging us for the privilege of yeah. investing with them. Yeah. Uh, so I do think that financial planners have a major role to play in helping give people advice uh, about, but not in choosing investments. I don't think they have any special expertise in that. So that that's you know a little criticism about financial planners, but in general, I'm a big fan of them. Yeah. Well, I think you might have answered the next question I had for you, and that was to share something about yourself that um, listeners would be surprised to know. So I think a lot of listeners didn't know you were running for president. Ran, ran. Didn't you run a previous? time all as well? Yeah, I, I ran twice. There was a um, uh, Americans elect was a web platform where you could easily run for president, but it folded before after like five months. So I tried to run that way and it didn't work. And then I decided it would run as a writing candidate. But the main idea was to put together a, a platform after interviewing lots of economists on different, you know, healthcare economists. I talked to all the top ones. I said, well, they kind of agree with what I'm saying. Let's, let me just write down a few pages. Here's how to do it. Yeah. We want to have healthcare for all. Let's do it the way economic economists and economics says to do it. Yeah. We know why this healthcare market doesn't work. We know it's not the same as a wheat market. There's a way to make it work as good as a wheat, wheat market. It's very simple. <laughs> and, uh, and let's just write down, you know, turns yeah. out it. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I, that is unusual. And, uh, when I'm old enough to run again, uh, maybe I'll do that. I mean, I want to, obviously the age uh, limit has gotten older. You, you can't run unless you're like 90 these days. So uh, I'm going to wait until I'm a little bit older and more mature. And okay. At that point. Once you've learned enough to be president. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if you could advise someone uh, about their retirement finances and you only have 20 minutes, what would you talk about? I would talk about uh, the fact that we are psychologically um, kind of focused on dying early because we don't want to jinx ourselves. So we uh, are ignoring longevity risk, which is one of our major, major financial risks, maybe the biggest financial risk in life, which is that we're going to outlive our money. Mm -hmm. So we have to, and the second thing I would say is social security is uh, for most people, either the first or the second largest financial asset because you're contributing 15, 12.4% uh, of your pay, you and your employer. Uh, it's really coming out of your pocket, but it's called the employer share. Anyway, you're contributing this for years. It's getting a healthy return. You're not putting that much money into anything else. So if you think about it that way, it's got to be your biggest financial asset. Right. And now most people aren't managing it properly. Most people are taking the benefits way too early. Uh, most people should be waiting till set till 70 to collect a benefit that's going to be 76% higher in, in, in real dollars and today's dollars 
And then if they take it at age 62, an inflation adjusted dollars. So getting Social Security right is critical. Um, understanding longevity risk is critical. Understanding that you have plenty of time to go play golf. You don't have to retire early. I would say, and retirement may actually not be so much fun. So if you're not happy in your current job, find a job which is more fun, but keep working. I would say most people are coming into retirement with far too little resources, too little wealth. They've got social security, but that's not enough. And because the replacement rates at most around, you know, for most people around 40%. So, and then the benefits are taxable on top of that. So do not retire. Retirement is a bad move if you can help it. If obviously, if you're physically unable to keep working and it's easy, easy for me to say, I'm a tenured professor. I can just keep doing something without, you know, breaking my back every day in the hot sun. So I understand if people have to retire, but if you do have to retire, then realize that there's ways to, uh, you may want to downsize your home. You may want to work part-time in a job that's not back, you know, physically demanding. It might be uh, being a salesperson on the phone. Uh, and you may also be able to take your retirement account money, whether it's your 401k money or an IRA money, and use that to get by to postpone waiting to take Social Security. It's an enormous return. This is a safe investment waiting because what you're doing by waiting from 62 to 70, and this isn't what everybody should do, but I'm just saying for most people, this is what they should do or try to do. Uh, you're giving up benefits for eight years and you say, well, gee, I might die. Well, true. But if you do die, you'll be in heaven. You won't need any money, right? Nobody has, we don't know of anybody who's complained in heaven from heaven that they are short of money because in heaven, you have everything. It's heaven. But if you keep living, you're going to be short of money. So by waiting for eight years, you're giving up something in order to get a higher benefit. You're in effect buying an annuity, an additional annuity, a benefit that continues until you die at an extremely low price. So this is the base, best financial deal going. And it's the biggest mistake people are making, which is taking benefits too early as a group. Now, clearly, if you have a disabled child and a, and a spouse who's caring for the child, you can get uh, benefits for that child and child and care spouse benefits for the, for, I said there are 11 benefits. So you need to know all about these benefits. Uh, if you take your retirement benefit early and then our software is uh, there to figure this out. Um, and then uh, other decisions is, you know, other major things I'd say is have a plan, have a financial plan. So you're not spending too much or too little. And then on the side of investments, I'd say, what you want to make sure is that you have a floor to your living standard. Social security, own a home uh, that you can afford. Uh, so, because that's giving you a rental, it's giving you in effect housing services as an annuity, as a stream. And then, um, Think about in investing in inflation index bonds that are uh, safe against inflation, and then put some money in the in the market. Uh, but assume that it's going to be lost. Treat huh. that money as money in the casino until you take it out of the market and safely invest it in inflation index bonds or some or I bonds or something that's going to preserve its value. And that gives you like a floor to your living standard. I, so I call this upside investing and. That uh, for middle-class people, I think this is a way to think about 
playing the market, which is insure your floor. What you're willing to lose, you put in the stock market in a diversified manner and see if it play if it turns out. Great. You did that in less than 20 minutes. That's wonderful. (laughs) Um, So I think you may have answered this next question, but two or three most important takeaways for individuals uh, approaching retirement about claiming Social Security. And I think you've you've really talked about that. So I'm just going to ask you, is there something else you want to say? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So I did talk about the importance of being patient when it pays off Uh uh, and knowing I would say uh, an important takeaway is not to listen to what Social Security tells you. If you're calling Social Security for advice, you're making a big mistake. Half of their answers are either dead wrong or incomplete or misleading. Uh, Their websites have information that's misleading uh, and it's being repeated by the columnists and in the different media outlets. Uh, So the, um, there's a New York Times article just two days ago where a reporter said that um, your spouse benefits half your uh, is going to be half of your um, your partner, your spouse's uh, full retirement benefit. Well, it could be zero, uh, depending on if your retirement benefit exceeds that. And at most, it's going to be what's called the excess spousal benefit if you're taking your retirement benefit, which could be very small. So totally misleading thing right there in the New York Times by somebody who's supposed to be an, an expert on this top topic. So use expert software. Uh, and I can't recommend, uh, I like our software. Let me just put it that way. I, I trust our software. And uh, I would say, realize that uh, when you, if you have to, if you lose your job and uh, it's before full retirement age and you do take social security in order to, for whatever reason, that there's something called the earnings test. And that that test is really, uh, feels like a big tax on working. But for most people, those benefits that are lost are going to be returned to you in the form of a higher stream of benefits starting at full retirement age. This is called the adjustment of the reduction factor. So I'm very worried that uh, we have millions of Americans out there retiring who uh, are taking benefits early, and then they get a job offer and they want to go back to work. And they think that they're facing a uh, you know, extremely high marginal tax bracket when and losing 50 cents on the dollar from working if they earn more than like $19,000 because of the loss of benefits from this earnings test, but they don't understand what's called the adjustment of the reduction factor. Uh, so that's really important. Uh, you also need to understand that if you hit for retirement age and you've taken your benefits early, you have the option to suspend your benefit and start collecting delayed retirement credits, which are 8% a year, it's not compounded, but if we're talking about your retirement, uh, full retirement age being 67, you can raise that your, your benefit to by 24% by almost a, you know, a quarter by just suspending it at 67 and starting it up again at 70. That's called the delayed retirement credit uh, provision. And uh, you're just asking to have your benefits suspended. So there are these things you can do with Social Security that we wrote a whole book about it. And again, it's called Get With Yours. So if you don't want to use software uh, about Social Security for at least buy this book, it's probably selling on the market for five bucks. You can probably buy a used copy, Get With Yours, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security. But also there's lots of financial planning professionals who are using, I know our software, thanks to the course that you're running, Martha, 
to train people in uh, social security uh, advice and information uh, to then help households. We have people out there who are professionals who can really help uh, guide you, but uh, check what software they're using in their business, in their practice. Ask whether they've had Martha's course in their training, okay? If they haven't, find, call Martha, contact Martha, and uh, she'll tell you who to use. Thank As you, Larry. A- uh, so I, it's about time for us to wrap up. I could talk to you for a long time, Larry. Um, where can people go? You've mentioned a few things, but where can people go to follow you, find out more about your work, or, or easily read what you've written, ask you questions, anything yeah. you want to so, share? So kotlikoff.net is a... Uh, easy place to go because that has all my books and has all my professional articles and corporate has all my columns you can read. And then uh, it talks about uh, my company software. It has links. So we have uh, maxify.com, M-A-X-I-F-I.com is the main planning tool. And then there's maximize my social security, which you can run. But again, we have professionals in Martha, uh, Martha's website probably I'm sure lists of the professionals you're using uh, who have gone through your program and they're, they've been using our social security software. So they'll surely be using that uh, to work with you. And I'm also, you know, Kotlikoff at gmail.com. If you have some question, I've been over the years trying to help people that are run into great difficulty with social security. Uh, some lady got hit with a $300,000 bill. She, I'll just give you this little anecdote right before we end here. She takes, she's disabled, you know, has never written a book. She decides to write a child's book. It becomes a New York Times bestseller. She, it starts generating some royalties. She starts writing every year to Social Security. Uh, do I have to pay back any of these disability benefits because I'm getting this royalty income? They say, no, it's royalty income for 10 years in a row. They tell her it's royalty income. It's not uh, labor income. So therefore she doesn't have to pay back or, or forgo her disability benefits. 10 years later, she gets a $300,000 bill. Uh, why? Well, you, you gave a couple talks to a couple libraries and they covered your expenses. So therefore you actively engaged in an effort to uh, increase your royalties. And therefore she gave talks about her book. At the library. So that's considered earned income then? Now $300,000. All these past disability benefits become taxable. So she appeals to the judge, uh, the Social Security uh, judge, and the judge says, well, let me see your uh, all your financial records, including your cable bill. And the judge, I'm read the, read the uh, judgment of the judge. It says, I know you're appealing for, you know, special dispensation because you're poor and you're disabled. But I looked at your cable plan and it's a very rich cable plan. You're spending $150 a month on cable uh, TV. And therefore I've decided that you're not eligible for any dispensation and therefore you owe the $300,000. This is, I read this black and white. I think I even wrote about it as a column, yeah. That's the kind of uh, outrageous things that are going on in social security. And some of these things, People need some assistance with to try and prevent. I'm not that uh, I know that she appealed. You can appeal these appeals and uh, we'll see where the, that ends up in the end. But some things wow. are just terribly outrageous. Um, people need, need help. Yeah. 
you can say that again. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was really fun. And um, I really appreciate all your insights and experience. And we'll look forward to hearing you on the podcast. Okay, happy to do this some more. And uh, great, great to see you and be with you, uh, Martha. And continue good luck with the um, with the program. Yes, and all, thank you. And these podcasts are terrific.